So, Rob. Yes. I have a question. And it's been bugging me all night. We're indoors, out of the sun, mm-hmm. and you're wearing a hat. Yeah. A cap. Yes. A baseball-style cap. Yes. Why are you wearing a cap? Uh, that's a very good question. Yes. But th- but uh, you're lucky. You're in luck. I'm in luck. Because I have a very, very good answer. And I'll tell you my theory after I get, okay. I, I get the answer. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, let me tell you something. Yep. I have, I have a very good explanation. Okay. And the explanation that I'm about to give you yep. is a good one. Okay. And, and that explanation... I think yep. will explain the reason for the 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 sight you saw that that prompted the question why am I wearing a hat? Does that does that make sense? My theory is that you're going bald. <laughs> Let's have a look. Let's No! My shame! Put Rob, it back. Rob, why is there a hamster there? <laughs> why are you keeping a hamster in your hat? I just think that you might need one. <laughs> Where? No, wait, don't answer that. Hello! All you lovely people in internet land. And welcome to episode 28 of Game Life Balance Australia. I thought I must check that for a minute there. Uh, I'm your host... I'm going to keep going. I am your host, Robert Bailey. And I'm joined, as always, by a highly intelligent parrot, rigorously trained to imitate the voice of our dearly departed former co-host, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. How are you, A.C.? Give me a beer. <laughs> G- give me a beer. <laughs> Give me a beer. It's just, it's just like he's here. It's like he's still here. I just, I, I can't tell the difference. It's brilliant. Rob, actually. take off your pants. <laughs> I'm glad I came up with this idea because, um, you know, Rob, put your pants back on. It would be a tragedy if we'd we had to stop recording the show just because Andrew got ran over by a steamroller. Rest in peace. But one big flat piece. You could argue that he shouldn't have been lying on that road to begin with. It's really his own fault. When you think about it. By the way, it is actually sound like some sort of parrot, <laughs> yeah. or it sounds like I'm I'm having a heart attack and hiccuping at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just amused by the idea that your death was like cartoonish, <laughs> like that, that. Like you t- basically, I was you got run over and like you were like a, like you know like paper and yeah. you just sort of like floated basically to the ground it, it like, like the, a leaf. You know? I was the judge from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Yes, that's that's the scene that I was thinking of, really, when I came up with that. Pretty much. <laughs> I do. There are some, like, that would be a particularly bad and painful death. Yeah. But as far as death goes, well, run over by a steamroller? Look, I wouldn't mind that on my tombstone. Head first? That's not so bad. Feet first? Yeah, that's that's a bad way to go. But, but what, head first. But like, as everything's getting crushed and it's and it's rolling over you and mm. it's about to hit, you know, your you know your legs are gone. You think this is the worst pain imaginable, and then mm. it's kind of creeping up towards your yeah, yeah. testicles. Yeah, that's definitely a bad death. But I mean, because when you start screaming, if you haven't already fainted, mm. you, you're going to go up about twelve op- 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 optics, optics, op- optics, octaves, octaves. By the time yeah. it it reaches your pelvis, yes. So you, you've got. I reckon you've got one last chance for a joke. <laughs> I'm not sure what that joke would be. <laughs> like the idea that as your legs are getting flattened, that, that, that you're thinking, I can still get one last joke in. <laughs> if I well, just... I mean, um, oh my god, I'm so flat, the wall is jealous. <laughs> I, that's the... oh, dear. I, 
Going out on a winner there. <laughs> I apologise to all the listeners who've died from being around a Hawaii steamroller. I'm terribly sorry. I'm, and I'm just a parrot. I know that... I know, yes. My parrot friend has, in fact, been poorly trained. <laughs> and, and he will be given... <laughs> he will be given no seeds tonight. No, I need my seeds to live. <laughs> all right, if you're not going to give me the seeds, give me the cocaine. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Do parrots? Do parrots do coke? I don't. I don't know where you were How, going with that. I don't know where either because I thought they've kind of got two kind of dots at the top of their beaks. Right. I guess. Yes. Not, it would be quite amusing to see a parrot do a line of coke. Yes, that's that is that at least is true. That 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 much at least is true. Um, and with that, <laughs> where are we going? Where are we going in life? I don't know. I don't know where we're going with anything really anymore. But it's it's amazing that just before we started the podcast, mm. Rob and I mm. had a long, genuine discussion about mediocrity. Yes, and how good mediocrity is. Well, no, if I didn't say it was good. Uh, if you're <laughs> constantly, because I was saying I'm constantly mediocre. Yes, my whole life. Yeah, but that's good. Because if I was great, then you'd expect greatness. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the bar would be set too high. Yeah, but whereas if you're constantly mediocre yes. and people just go, oh, he did that thing we asked him to. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Then, you know, I, I'm very good at being mediocre. Yeah. I've survived very well, well I would say like, on a diet of me- mediocrity. You know, like if you imagine bad at, at the end of mm. at one end of the scale and good at the other end. Like, mediocre's in the middle somewhere. Like, it's yeah. not bad. Like, mediocrity isn't bad. It's just the absence of good. It's just you did an adequate job that, that people... That are... deserves no praise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? I just... get the job done, yeah. but whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like this podcast, really. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's where that whole discussion yeah, was yeah. going, actually. It may not be good, but it comes out every couple of weeks. It's consistently <laughs> mediocre. Yeah. That's the important thing. We have consistency down. Yeah. And yeah. so, which leads to um, quantity, mm-hmm. but just not quality. No. But, you know. But uh, I think eventually... Unless you count the John Scatman podcast, yes. because that was quality. <laughs> I will hear... That possibly was one of our, our true yeah. great shining moments. Yes, that was like ambrosia from the gods. <laughs> uh, possibly delivered by John Scatman himself. Yeah. No, po- po- possibly. Possibly. <laughs> um, so every week on this, on this wretched podcast... <laughs> Yeah, uh, we we have a featured game. Yes, we do. And uh, and this week we decided to delve deep into AC's library of handheld games because one thing you may not know about AC is he he's a, he's a retro gamer and a collector yep. of video games. Well, you know that. But he has you have a special penchant. I'm going to use the for word. Sure. Yeah. For the handheld video games. I do. I love handhelds, and I've actually considered doing uh, an, an entire series of handheld, uh, just about all handheld, any handheld. Mm. Um, I have, I think, the overwhelming majority of handhelds that have been released, but I don't have like the, the game.com and stuff like that. But I do, mm. I, you know, have like three Atari Lynxes. Yes. Like both kinds. That's, 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 that's two more than anyone Yes. Ever yeah, it really is. Well, it's probably three more than anyone should ever own, really. <laughs> Yeah. See the thing is, like, I like the Lynx. The Lynx is, right. is a great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a good system. I'm not going to yeah. say it's a great system. It is a good. Would system you say it's a time. mediocre system? I would say that it's it's mediocrity is startlingly <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> right. It's mediocre and it's mediocrity. And you know, it's a brick as well. Yeah. So you know, you, you can use it to club your enemies to death with. The only thing is, like after, <laughs> that's a, always a plus. You know, that's what I look for in good for self defense. Yeah, that is why Game Boy is is good, but it's kind of like a single yeah. single use only if you're beating someone. 
to death. Yeah. You yeah. can only do it once. Yeah. But with a, an original, an OG Atari Lynx. You could probably kill like, you know, half a dozen people. With oh, that. at least. At the very least. <laughs> you know. And they, it... they should have had that on the box. <laughs> <laughs> the Atari Lynx, perfect for bludgeoning murder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might do my own box up now. <laughs> okay, so no, I, I do love handhelds, but of course, after playing handhelds for like twenty five odd years, mm. possibly more, yeah. uh, my eyesight is stuffed. <laughs> yeah, right. I have to wear Not like so. reading glasses all the time now. It's terrible. Yeah, I will say they're a bit squinty. So uh, I suggested a Game Boy game. I went into the archives. We we had a bit of a back and forth. Yeah. Um, but so, we decided on what was probably one of the best uh, handheld games ever, mm-hmm. uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. I keep almost saying Link to the Past. Yes. Because it just, it starts with Link and then that's just like, mm. it's the more, I mean, Link to the Past is the more popular game. Yes. Uh, but I just, I mostly catch myself and swerve at the last minute. So if I actually say Link to the Past by accident, I am probably talking about Link's Awakening. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just... If you mention any game at all with the word Link in it, I'm going to assume you mean Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless for, I this, for this podcast only. Yes. yes. Um, outside of this podcast, you're you're in trouble. Um, but it's actually funny you mentioned that, AC. Funnily enough. Funnily. Because this game actually started life as a port or an attempt to port uh, Link to the Past to the Game Boy. Yeah, uh, it was an after-hours job. Yeah. Like, Nintendo, people at Nintendo were actually, like, finishing their jobs for the day effectively and then going, I kind of want to mess around to see if we can get this Super Nintendo game or a version of it onto the Game Boy. Yeah, at some point during that process, they either decided... Well, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it in the negative way in that they decide, like, they just went, oh, this is too hard. Mm. Or you can look at it from the positive perspective that they were like, why don't we make this into its own unique thing? Um, but either I way... I think a stripped-down yeah. version of um, Link to the Past... It wouldn't have done justice to No, I don't think so. Yeah. And I think this is a great game. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the actual game itself and what makes it great mm. a little bit later. But I think you and I both feel very strongly that this is a, a fantastic game. So, spoilers for what we're going to say about a recommendation yeah. a little later. But, because um, this is the fourth Zelda game. So, you've got, you've got obviously, the original Legend of Zelda. Yep. You've got... Um, uh, Zelda 2 yep. for the NES mm-hmm. um, the name of which escapes me right now um, uh, you've got no, Link's Adventure Link's Adventure thank you uh, then you've got A Link to the Past on the SNES mm-hmm. and then in 1993 uh, they release Link's Awakening for the Game Boy so it is kind of like you know um, a bit further on you know the the, uh, the Legend of Zelda franchise was well established by this point and very popular and this is the first Legend of Zelda game on a handheld. Yeah, it was the first portable version of the game. And I think mm. they did a um, look a fantastic job. There are a couple of interesting things about this game that they that they use that haven't really shown up again. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of story, this is the only story where Zelda, despite the fact that it's called The Legend of Zelda, yeah. does not actually appear in the game at all. Yes. Hyrule is mentioned, but yes. you do not actually... This game does not take place inside of Hyrule. No, you're, you're sort of like... You're on an island, which yeah. I assume is sort of like in the in the world of Hyrule, but you're not... Not in the kingdom of not, Hyrule. Not well, the continent yeah. or whatever you yeah. want to call it. And again, I have to apologise. I'm not a super Zelda fan. No, so there might be neither. people out there who are like... 
you know, got their map of the universe of Zelda out and they're like pointing at it emphatically and cursing us right now. But, um, you know, those people are probably just very unsatisfied with life in general. So <laughs> they'll be fine. Um, so this, yeah, it's, this game is set on an island called uh, Koholint Island, I believe. Is that right? I Excellent. didn't even know that they, the island had a name. I think it's called Koholint Island. Um, so basically, yes, you are right. shipwrecked mm. on the island. Yes. Um, the There's game a, starts with this cool intro sequence. Yeah, the, the intro sequence is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like Link is like, you know, on a on a raft type, uh, like a boat. He's hanging onto the mast, you know, and yep. he's looking very sort of pensive. And, and then he's <laughs> effectively washed ashore. Mm. And then he's rescued by a local village family who take him in. Yeah. And that's kind of where the story starts. Link wakes up. He... Mm. Awakens. That's right. That's right. And then he he goes forth and explores the world, the island of Koholint. Mm. And the basic premise is he's stuck on the island because every, the the uh, the ocean surrounding the island is um is like becalmed, like sort of magically or sort of you know supernaturally becalmed. So there's no wind. So you can't. There's there's no way for a sailing boat to leave the island. Um, and it's been this way for quite some time because there's this big sort of godlike entity called the windfish, mm, which that, is rem- looks remarkably like a whale. Yeah, and that windfish has been asleep for a very long time. I'm not sure how long exactly, but you know, a long enough time for it to be noteworthy. Mm. <laughs> and um, and so your 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 job, your quest, is to wake the windfish, which will allow you to leave the island. So yeah. that's that's the plot. That's the whole goal of the game. There's no rescuing princesses. You know, it's it's its own unique sort of thing from a story perspective. What I love about this game is the fact that it, since it's an island, mm. um, the borders are very established. Yes. The world is incredibly established, where you can go and what you can do, the characters you meet. Mm. It's, a, it's a very funny game, I find. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of humour injected into it. Yeah, the writing, and I'm not sure whether the Japanese version was like this, but the translation and the localization that, that they did bringing it to North America and then the world was very good and um some of the characters like for example in the town have just very funny little quips and like one-liners and it's, it's sort of breaking the what do you call it, breaking the fourth wall is that what the yeah, yeah 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 they, they're constantly sort of breaking the fourth wall and saying things like oh if you want to save the game hold down all the buttons i wonder what that means i don't even know what saving a game is i'm just yeah. a kid kind of like it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a constant joke like i'm just a kid like that a lot of the yeah, kids in the you town get say lots that. of hints and there's like yeah. a big library there which you can go through yeah now this is also interesting because you don't get the sword straight away but i believe you have a shield yes but the shield can be used somewhat offensively because if you run into enemies with the shield it, they'll bounce they'll them back. bounce away and that's mm. a mechanic that's that's unique to uh, yeah, to, to this game. Oh, it's, yeah. they, you know, they introduce it in this game. Yeah. Um, it does play, to be clear, like, because Zelda 2 is such a, a different thing, to be clear, this is, it, it, it's in the style of um, Legend of Zelda and um, and Link, Link to the to Past. past yeah. It's a top-down sort of um, thing. Yeah, um, yeah. it's they, a top-down view. sort of classic Zelda style. And, you know, it's, it's, it's action, it's action-oriented. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, like like people like to say action RPG. There's not all. There is RPG elements yeah, certainly in here, but yeah. it's, it, it is mostly like a top-down action game. Yeah. That's so uh, you wander down to the beach after defeating a couple of enemies, and then you find your sword mm-hmm. uh, washed up. I don't think it's the master sword. I think it's just a sword. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it would sound kind of funny getting the master sword that early on in the game. I yeah, suppose. Yeah. The actual connection to this between this game and the other games in the franchise, I'm not entirely clear about. If someone wants to write a, you know, 
2,000 yeah. word essay about the plot of Zelda and send it to me. That's fine. I won't read it, but I'll pretend to and it'll be great. What I'm interested in is the timeline here. Like, yeah. is it is it this the original Link? And is this well, as far as his timeline goes? Because I know every time they do a new Zelda game, it always seems to go backwards in time rather than forwards. Well, yeah. I mean, look, the Zelda, the Zelda timeline is one of the most convoluted things in the world. And you can mm. spend an entire podcast talking about it. Um, but I don't think there it matters. Are, there are hints in the game that this seems to follow on from from some, one of the earlier games. Yeah. Because the first thing you do when you wake up, although your character is is, is sort of a silent protagonist, um, the reactions from the NPCs suggest that you've, you've, you've confused the little girl in the house that you sort of wake up in as Zelda. And she mm. says, Zelda? I'm not Zelda. My name's Marin or something like mm. that. So there's this sense that, like, that there, there is a story that this is sort of following on from. Um, so what I like about this game is is the sense of exploration, but it's actually mostly controlled exploration. Yeah, so there aren't yeah. per- parts of the map you can visit straight away. Like in the original Zelda, you could very you could roam all, all you over. You could go the place. almost anywhere, and you mm. shouldn't go almost anywhere, but you can. And that's and that it was a fun mechanic for the time, certainly. But this mm. one you can go around, you can talk to people, mm. but because there are rocks and and the like in the way, yeah, yeah. you can't access the rest of the map. And I remember just like. Exploring every inch before the bit where you get the bracelet to move the rocks. Yeah. Trying to look just for that bracelet. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think it does a really good job of gating off different... I mean, this this is something... Uh, this is getting a bit technical, but this is kind of one of those sort of features of Zelda games. It's like, it's like a hallmark of the Zelda franchise is there are certain things that you can't do until you get a certain item. And once you've got that item, you go back and you revisit areas you've already been to... And unlock things and open chests and access doorways and things that you couldn't do before. Um, and with this game, they really make that very apparent. And, they, and like it's very clear to you when you start exploring the world that, okay, I need a sword to cut the bushes to go through this area. Like So, yeah. so until you get the sword... You can't go. There's not a lot. The gate. The world's pretty like limited to start with. Once you get the sword, the world opens up, yeah. but not that much. Just a little bit, and then you're confronted with well, there's these rocks in the way, and and then once you've got the rocks thing, I assume there's something to use to cover to you know go over pits and other obstacles. So so it and it's very it's very clear about that. So you're right. There's a big contrast with the first Zelda, which was like an open, very much like an open mm. world. But because it's um, fil- filled with so many characters who yeah. you can talk to. Yes. All these NPCs, it doesn't seem limiting. Like it still no. seems like you're exploring a big world. I actually prefer, That's very clever. I actually prefer it because it, you know what to do more or less much yeah. better than in the first game. And know? it starts off with a bunch of fetch quests for, you know, get the magic powder to get this, to get that. And that mm. kind of goes on a lot through the game as yeah. you go. Um, but it's I actually quite like those quests because it's not just, oh, find me that rock. Now you get this. You have to yeah. go to one character to the next character to give this to the next character. Yeah. And all the characters you meet are very interesting. Yeah, they're They've all fun. got their own little stories. Yeah, and I think I, I like that guided kind of feel to it. You know, it's it's you're never really... Well, you may occasionally be, but it's it's rare for you to actually be stumped of what to do next. Mm. You know that you've got to find an object that helps that, that eliminates a particular obstacle. And you just look for it, you know, and, and, and there's only a limited area you can look in because the world is, is gated off. So mm. you can't, you don't have to scour the whole map. You scour the area that is open to you. And um, so, yeah, I, it, it, it feels a lot less daunting. I think I think one of the feelings that you get when you're playing, having, well, I haven't actually played much of it, but I imagine, AC, 
they're playing the Legend of Zelda the first time without a guide or anything would have felt very daunting. Yeah, the OG Legend of Zelda. Like I, um, you have, a, I actually got a box set of that with the map, and yeah. the map is actually quite helpful. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, you don't, you can accidentally wander into some pretty high level dungeons. Yeah, yeah. Which you really shouldn't do. It's kind of cool that you can. Yeah. But it's also kind of like a pain because you could waste your time. Yeah, I mean, if especially you like time poor people like us, if you are playing the original OG Zelda, it's good to have somewhat of a guide yeah. just to point you in the right direction mm. this one does it for you this what i really like about this this series is that uh, it, it retains what makes zelda fun and kind yeah. of but you know it does push in some interesting directions the dungeons are a lot of fun yeah um the dungeons seem still seem pretty big pretty sizable yeah uh, you know they're they're the same formula though you, you get the map you get the compass uh you find your way to the boss uh, I think the puzzles in them are a little bit simpler than the original Zelda okay. or like some of the other ones. Yeah. Um, simpler yeah. than Link to the Past, which is a good thing for a handheld, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, generally speaking, handhelds are aimed at a younger audience. So there's mm-hmm. that aspect. But I think there's also I think there's also some learning process happening here where they, they you know, this is the fourth Zelda game. Mm. They were pretty good at making these by this point and they were kind of honing it a bit and trying to think, of, well, let's make a game that, is challenging enough for people to enjoy it, mm. but also a game you can actually beat, you know? Yeah, and that's um, important because a lot of people would have originally just given up on the original Zelda as much fun as they had with it. They probably got to a certain point and didn't know where to go next. Yeah, unless you had would. a few back issues of Nintendo Power sitting around, you might have trouble beating that game potentially. So this game doesn't feel like that. It feels very doable. It's it's just a matter of doing it, you know? Yeah, and, um, now, and that is the important thing about this, Yeah, is that this is probably... Especially if you're a retro gamer and mm. you've no, you didn't have much access to uh, the Legend of Zelda when you were a kid, mm. this is the perfect entry point to the series. Yeah, I think that's it's, a good, yeah. It is perfect because it's it's got all the Zelda tropes in there. Yeah, well, p- apart from Zelda, apart from Zelda, <laughs> apart from that sticky old trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's it's you get what's happening straight away. It's playable. It's yeah. memorable. It's finishable yeah and that's the important thing and then there's a simplicity to it as well mm. there's something stripped down like if you compare it they like link to the past has a certain complexity to it with the time traveling and the you know it, there's a certain esotericness to it whereas this game is much more straightforward yeah much it, the plot is straightforward and the tasks are straightforward so it is a good entry one I, and this is the first zelda game i played um me too and uh oh there you go and uh, I really, really remember enjoying it a lot. Um, I didn't beat it back in the day, I did, but I did get pretty far. Um, I, I did beat it. And i got to say, this I beat it about five or six years ago. Mm, okay. I did play it back in the 90s mm. and got far in it. But it was one of those things where I was very distracted in the 90s. Yeah. Um, usually by women. <laughs> Puberty was a thing. Yeah, that was certain. That was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I didn't... I wasn't always that focused, but... I just was really determined to finish this game because I remembered enjoying it. Mm. And I got through it. And it was kind of funny because the first time I finished this game, mm. um, I did use a guide for some things because I was playing, and what you're playing now because I had lent Rob a copy, yeah. is, uh, the, is the Game Boy Color version, which yes. is uh, Link's Awakening DX, yes. which is in color, of course, but 
it also adds an extra dungeon. Yeah, with a colour themed puzzles. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can't play it on your old Game Boy. Only, only like new Game Boys. Hmm. Which was, a, I mean, it still can technically be played on the old Game Boys. But you that put that dungeon will stump you. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You, but that dungeon is not necessary. It actually mm. says if you do not own a Game Boy Color, uh, don't play this particular because it's optional. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of that dungeon. I think you get you get either twice defense or twice attack, mm. like two times attack, two times defense. Like, and you can choose like a red tunic or a blue tunic. Yeah, I think I, I usually choose defense. Okay, because you you can kind of do more with defense a lot of the time. Like, mm. You know, just because I like living longer. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. That age old question: Do I want a higher attack or higher defense? This yeah. is this is a. The game is conundrum. I don't really. always go one way or the other. Yeah. But, you know, I yeah. often like like to go defense, defensive just because, you know, I, you can always run away. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> um, so when I first finished this game, I was actually surprised that I finished it because there was a, there's a boss rush at the end. Okay. And I had one elixir saved mm-hmm. where it would restore me to life. Mm-hmm. And I'd saved my game. And it's a bit of a trek to get to that point. Mm. And I thought, I'm going to give it a dry run. I'm just going to go and do this. And if I fail, I'll switch off the system. I know what I'm up against and I'll turn it back on. Mm-hmm. And, I di- and I died once. And then I, I thought, I'll just use my elixir now. You know, mm-hmm. because if I turn back my turn my save back on, yeah. I'm assuming it'll still be there. Yeah, yeah. And then I actually managed to defeat the game. Cool. I, I only just did it, but I did it and I went, oh wow, I actually did it and I saw the ending and everything. That's it was, cool. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that feeling. I mean, I like to beat a game. I like beating the last boss first go mm. if it feels hard and if I feel like I, I earned it. I think that's a good feeling. If you're beating the beating the last boss first go and it being a cakewalk is not a good feeling. No. But I mean, this is not a hard game, yeah. but since this is my first exposure to Zelda and I was playing it incrementally. Yeah. Um, I I was actually quite happy with myself. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for like, how do I say? Like uh, when you when you die and then reload your save, that can be jarring. I mm. think for the flow of a game, yeah. and there's a lot to be said for like. And I was quite prepared to do that too. Yeah, like if you play through a whole mission or something in a game, like like say you play a, like through a level in like a, a quest in Skyrim or something, and you don't and you don't die ever, and you just play through the whole thing in one go, that can feel very satisfying. And like this, you know, this self-contained episode, it's almost like watching a TV show or something like that. Um, whereas if you die over and over and over again, it does it does sort of take you out of the immersion of the world a bit mm. and make you sort of think about this as a game and like the mechanical problem like how do I do this task rather than like being on this adventure and exploring this dungeon and, exactly you know and so, you know another yeah. funny thing about finishing that game mm. is that I think it was a Sunday night okay and there was I just happened to have the television on to SBS right and SBS is special broad it's basically where all the foreign movies are mm-hmm. in on Australian television yeah and I liked, and it's usually where all the boobs are. If you, when you were young, that's where <laughs> that's where you would see a nice pair of breasts. If you were lucky, if but you know, they were. I think SBS knew its <laughs> knew, knew its horny teenage market back then. But this this was not one of those movies. But mm. it was it was a movie. It was a, I think a Swedish maybe about uh, a, a like a female rally driver trying to make it in the world of rally driving as a navigator. And it's just the weirdest thing, but I always remember that movie because it was on while I was like finishing Link's Awakening. That movie will be forever. Yeah, it's etched into my mind. I don't think it was a particularly good movie, but I still remember that movie to this day for that reason. That is so funny. Uh, well, there you go. A little anecdote from Hayseeds. Uh, so, would uh, you recommend it? Well, what do you think? Well, gosh, I mean, if you've heard, listened to this at all, you'd realize that we both love this game. Yeah. I think, 
I think I, I do recommend it. I, I think it's it holds up really well. Yep. I've been playing it just last night and really enjoying it and wanting to continue to play it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's 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 one of the best Zelda games and I think it, it holds up really well. So I think it's ex- accessible to almost everyone. It's a great entry point. It mm-hmm. is a little, you know, it's a little dated now, but I don't, I don't think if you're playing it on a handheld, you'd even notice. Yeah, like, for example, like, if you contrast this with a more traditional Japanese RPG like the early sort of Final Fantasy games, this game holds up a lot better yeah, um, than, than those. Because, because the systems are already defined. Yeah, there's something there's something pure and simple about the Zelda gameplay mm. um, that is still fun to this day. And the RPG elements, they are light, like you said, mm. but they're there and they're fun. And like the talking to the characters is amusing. Some of the, the, the random sort of weirdos you encounter in the world are very funny and... Um, I think there's there's a there's a joy to exploring that world that hasn't really lost its charm. So, so uh, lastly, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, sure. In your previous playthrough, mm-hmm. there's a little shop, and there's okay. like a little cameo of Yoshi there, and there's a whole you know where you can play a game and get a stuffed toy Yoshi. Yes, a little cameo there. Um, but there is a bow and arrow set, ah. which costs like. Some crazy amount, like six hundred rupee or nine nine hundred rupee, or some something. sort of astronomic amount. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can steal it if you steal it. The other NPCs will call you thief for the rest of the uh, game. Okay, cool. Did you? My question was, did you steal it first time around? No, round? I can't recall doing that. Okay, yeah, I can't recall doing that. I didn't steal it. Apparently, there's a glitch where you can steal it, okay. and then like if you glitch out the game. You will not be called thief or anything like that. But ah, interesting. When I during my first playthrough, I didn't. I wasn't sure about it, and I actually got the required insane amount of rupees. Oh, you bought it, and I bought it legitimately, and it was yeah. towards the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, right. There you go. How funny. I always like that about Zelda. How you have know, it. It lets you try and steal. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Spelunky in that way. Um, you know that like you can do it, but you'll be punished. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I think a lot of. I think they they call you thief or they ignore you or yeah, both. Yeah, moral choice in games back then was rare, so that that's a pretty cool. thing. Yeah, it's just a cool little Easter egg that yeah. probably you know a lot of gamers probably wouldn't have tried stealing it, but then I know a lot of who would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, that, that's pretty cool. Right, Legend of Zelda: uh, Link's Awakening. Go out and buy it now and buy a Game Boy. <laughs> I and think you can get it on the, um, you know, the eShop or I the... Don't um, buy virtual a Game console. Boy. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen at home on the bus, on the job, as we like to say. I do actually come before you with some bad news this time for our uh, game life talk. Because I'm usually fairly open about my life. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay to, to tell people what I'm up to and what we're doing. Because, you know... We have a personal podcast that, you know, it's it's a lifestyle show, but, mm. you know, we wanted to inject more of our personalities in here. And, yeah. And, you know, this is game life talk. So, and game life balance, of course. Mm. So, of course, our lives are, are integrated. And because we have a, a small but fairly loyal listenership, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to share this, but it isn't good news. Uh, my mother-in-law... Uh, Teruko Yoshimura uh, has recently been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, mm. which is a a really big a really big blow to the family. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially because her husband and my my wife's father 
Masaki Yoshimura passed away uh, last September, and that's why there was kind of a a weird gap there where I went away and, uh, mm-hmm. and other people were subbing in. And I've, I've talked about that before. Mm, mm. So this actually happened all within the space of a week. Yeah. Uh, Terrico started turning very yellow. Mm. Uh, and so they, they took her to a clinic and they said, this doesn't look right. So they took her actually to hospital mm. uh, where they diagnosed her with pancreatic cancer. And apparently her the tumor was blocking stomach acid from getting through properly. And uh. So that's why she was kind of turning yellow or she wasn't digesting <sighs> properly. So, right, yeah. So they managed to fix that problem. Mm. And literally mm. all of about five minutes ago, they got back from a, another... Uh, another hospital, one of the big ones, for some mm. more tests, and apparently it's um, not operable. It's inoperable, right. uh, which is uh, which is not good. But they are going to put her on heavy ion therapy medicine. Okay, so that's something. So they can hopefully do something for her. So yeah. I, I live in perpetual hope, as yeah. as do the rest of the rest of uh, the family, of course. Sure. So. I, I probably mentioned last time that I was looking forward to my wife and darling daughter coming home. Yes. This happened while they were still over there. And that is probably for the best, I think it's fair to say. As, yeah. as difficult as it has been for me. Yeah. Uh, it is for the best because they decided to stay over there and, um, and you know, help with, with what's going on at the moment. And, yeah. Like, and, ta- and driving her to hospital and, and looking after her and stuff like that. And I think she's mostly living at the hospital, so they go and visit her every day. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's good that Mei-chan is there because Mei is is, is a, just a ray of sunshine to everyone she meets because she's yeah. such a cute little baby. Yeah, yeah. So it is good that they're over there, but on the other hand, I am stuck here. Yeah. So it's now been almost a week since they were meant to come back. Yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of uh, me. And I, was, I took a week off, actually, uh, off week off work so I could spend some time with them because I hadn't seen them in six weeks. Mm, mm. And uh, I ended up taking just one day off to get some affairs in order and then I just went back to work on Tuesday. Right, yeah. Like, I cancelled my week off because it looks like that at some point in the not-too-distant future I might be going back to Japan yet again Yeah. to help out with... Uh, with whatever I can, you know, and, sure. you know, there might might be, and hopefully not, there might be an emergency situ- situation where I might have to leave as quickly as possible. So yeah, well, that's a uh, that's you know obviously very difficult news. Yeah, um, but I'm sure that that listeners will agree that uh, you know uh, our our thoughts are with um, you and your family at this time, and uh, just hoping that uh, everything um, everything goes as well as it can. Yeah, um, it's I, uh, yeah, it's a d- difficult, difficult situation for you to be in. Certainly, we've had a rough trot. Yeah, like, especially Maria, especially Maria's family, yes. like, which I am a part of, of course. There's been like, several sort of blows, I suppose, over the last twelve months that have um, mm. uh, probably been difficult for you guys to to weather. Yeah, so um, we, it was a like Masaki uh, passed away very suddenly, mm. um, and then. After we got back to Australia, that's basically where we found out that May was uh, severely sight impaired, blind, effectively. And, you know, mm. we, we recovered from that pretty quickly. Yeah. But, you know, as as parents, it is a bit of a shock when that kind of happens. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, because you always want the best for your child. And they said, no, no, it's, it's not that. And then we've been up and, and down from Sydney a whole lot from the Westmead Children's Hospital, who have been very good. Mm. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, May is a happy baby and everything like that. Yeah. And then we had a good time together in, in Japan last time. Yeah. Uh, but then to, to go back again, like the third time in, you know, which, which whatever I go, it might be soon. 
uh, for another uh, very sad reason is, is kind of a bit... Um, it's, it's quite sad. Yeah, no, I, I feel for you. Um, I, th- I know you were really looking forward to having your family back. Mm. Um, I think that's probably playing on your mind, but there's this sort of bigger thing going on. Yeah, on. that's the thing. I don't I don't really have the right to, be, you know, like I have the right to be sad, but I, I don't, I certainly don't have the right to complain. No, no, I think. If you know what I mean, I, like I, they are where they need to be. And it's a good thing that they were there when when, when this happened. Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm sure that if if, if your wife was back and, and, and this news came that she would want to go. So, mm. um, you know, it's maybe serendipitous in some strange way that that that, that, that happened at that time. So, um, but uh, yeah, look, I'm sure that's, it's been a very difficult um, you know, week for you, really. Uh, but um, have you been have you been finding ways to, to sort of stave off the the, the, the sort of um, you know the dark thoughts and those sorts of things? A little or? bit, yeah. I mean, I haven't been sleeping well because every mm. time, like my because I need to leave my phone off silent every time it chirps or does something funny or I imagine that it does, I kind of wake up and check the phone, <laughs> yeah, uh, just in case, mm. um, which is. Not healthy, but that's just the way it goes. Yeah. I've probably been comfort eating a bit. Like, I'm start like, I don't think I'm getting, f- like, really overweight again or anything like that. But, like, I have been eating badly for the past week and I'm going, oh, I really need to stop this. But I, it's kind of comfort eating, I think, or, mm. or just like an unhealthy eating style where I won't eat and then all of a sudden I'll eat lots or lots of bad food. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm sure I will get it all. I'll get it together. Yeah. I've got to get it together. Um, but other than that, I have been playing some games. Oh, that's good. Um, but before the games, I will say something, uh, that I did on Monday. So when I was running a whole bunch of errands uh-huh. last Monday, I did something which I have not done in a long time. And if you're a new parent, mm-hmm. you will think, oh yeah, that is one thing that I just can't do. Mm. I went to the cinema yeah. and saw a movie. Brilliant. <laughs> because it's just the one thing you don't do and don't even really think about. Yeah, it's like, kind of off when you have kids. To you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you're lucky enough like to have a baby. Three hours out of the day. Yeah. Of any day just to go see a movie, you know, it's fanciful, really. Mm. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so, uh, and, but to be honest, I don't like going to the cinema as much as I used to, despite the fact that uh, both you and I are film study students. Yeah. Uh, the cinemas aren't fun anymore because they're full of like bratty kids and people talking on their phones or like just people with their phones out, like with yeah. the bright light. And Yeah, that's, that's, that should be outlawed i think they, they it is meant to be mm. but it you know people do it anyway you know people always check things or oh my god i got a tweet you got to answer that and mm. um mm. like last time we went to see the avengers someone bought their three-year-old kid along yeah and they think it's gonna be okay but no it's like the, the three-year-old kid's going Shh, you have to be quiet sweet Shh, you have to be quiet sweet yeah la, 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 la. Shh, you have to be quiet sweetie i was thinking okay you couldn't get a babysitter that sucks. But, like, you're ruining everyone else's experience. Like, I would yeah. never take my kid to a theater full of people, even as a three-year-old. Yeah. you know they're not going to enjoy it. Like, there's a difference between taking your kid to a restaurant, you know, which I think is I think is fine. I mean, yeah. It depends on the kind of restaurant. Mm. But, you know, like, they're, they're noisy places anyway. Having a kid carrying on at a restaurant is not that big a deal. But a movie is, like, there is a certain... You're, it's meant to be silent. You're meant to shut up and watch the movie. And if your kid isn't capable of shutting up and watching the movie, they probably... They probably shouldn't be there. Be there. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, I have a lot of sympathy for parents who, you know, because I am one, that, that, you know, you can't do a lot of things and you want to do those things that you remember and mm. enjoy. But I think there's... Wait for the DVD. Wait until, I mean. the, wait until the kid's old enough to sit still for an hour and a half. Um, it's kind of funny that you can actually usually buy the DVD now... Only a couple of months after. Yeah. It used to be like a year after. Yes, I remember It's that. only a couple of months after, but not only that, it's about the same bloody price as the movie ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah, and these days with, uh, with the TVs are so large that um, there is an argument there that watching a movie on the couch in the comfort of your own home, um, you know, is 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 preferable. Mm. Um, but but I, I still enjoy I, I enjoy the cinema experience mainly because it's it's an event. It, like you're making seeing this movie into a big deal. Yeah, you're going out to see a show, and yeah. you know, and and. and- you know, people used to go out and see the theatre and all yeah. that. And, and people always think that the, the theatre is so highfalutin. Yeah. But before movies or, you know, and during the same time as movies yeah. as well, there were theatre that wasn't oh, highfalutin. No, 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 it was yeah. just comedy shows. You, you could see, like, there's, there was an equivalent of a bad Adam Sandler movie that you could go see at the <laughs> Oh, the, oh at, my, there certainly the was. the theatre, yeah. you know. Um, like, so, yeah, it's not It's not, it's not always highfalutin. It's not always highbrow. But, um, yeah. look, I went and saw Logan. Okay. Yeah, which is uh, the latest uh, Wolverine and the last Wolverine film. Well, that- the last one with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I mean they might keep doing, it, but it's certainly la- last. Uh, As I like to call him, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> you, you done? Because I'm done. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> It was a good movie. Mm. I, I really enjoyed it. It is R-rated. It does pull at the old emotional strings a little bit there because it's sure. set in 2029. Is it gritty, AC? It's pretty gritty. Um, it's okay. I'm going to tell what I'm going to say now. Everyone else has already pointed out, but it's a western. Oh, okay. And there's also a little bit of it's a bit of a road trip movie in there as well. But it's basically an mm. old decrepit kind of hero who reluctantly comes out of retirement. You know, put one puts last on his time, old, one last time, gun slinging out there. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they dragged him back in. Yeah, you can probably yeah. guess how those stories end, and this one does end, you know, mm. in, in, in a similar way. If you don't know, if you don't know what that means, then um, no, I won't tell you, but um, Everything it is his goes last well. outing, so, <laughs> you know. A long and happy joint, retirement. Yes. Uh, Wolverine, you know, opens a small a, 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 a small suntan parlor. That's right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that... A chain of family restaurants. That... <laughs> We sliced the food at your table. That's right. Uh, he was a very busy man. <laughs> I hope you washed those claws. Okay, so it, it was good. I enjoyed myself. Um, it it, it goes, does go for a long time. I think the acting was really superb. Cool. Um, listening to... Uh, I think they, they took the reins off... Um, Patrick Stewart, uh, Professor X, Professor Xavier. Right. A bit. So he could... He was... he. You know, rather than being all, you know, buttoned up and suit in a wheelchair, he's still in a wheelchair, but he was like, he's basically lost control of his powers oh. uh, and, uh, you know, he has to be sedated a lot. And he says fuck every second word. Oh, great. You're such a fucking disappointment, Logan. <laughs> you were a fucking animal when I brought you in. <laughs> Stuff Just like seeing, that. seeing Patrick Stewart swear would, alone would be worth the price of admission. I, I got my money's worth. Yeah. It was, he's fantastic. They're both fantastic. Mm. And there is, um, like, most of the mutants in the world are gone okay um wiped out as uh, they should be yeah damn it uh <laughs> I, I think you, you kind of they, they hint at what it is and they actually kind of explicitly say it, but i didn't really understand the full details sure sure um by this stage i just like the idea of me like taking sides with the anti-mutant league yeah 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 like, uh, I, but, going, I like their policies you know you know what <laughs> it's, it's it's both clever and not clever that yeah. the um that in X-Men universe, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the League of Anti-Mutant People is called Friends of Humanity. Yeah. Which, of yeah. course, is FOH. F-O-H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So subtle, not subtle. It's not without its its irony. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and of course, it was purposefully done like that. Well, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so you enjoyed that? I I really I really had a good I had a good time because the cinema was mostly empty. Uh, that's the best time. You it was like, like it was Monday at twelve o'clock. I love when you have it to yourself. It's so rare, but it does very yeah. often. Very occasionally, you get the whole place to yourself. I got yeah. the whole cinema to myself once. Mm. Aside from one other person mm. uh, for the Simpsons movie, because I was oh. back in Australia on holidays and I saw the Simpsons movie. I quite like the Simpsons movie. I know it, it can be divisive sometimes, but I quite I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's all right. And the yeah. second time I saw it, it's basically just a big Simpsons episode. Yeah, and ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Um, the only other person in the cinema was really annoying, though. Uh. Uh, it happened to be my dad, <laughs> who was sitting next to me, and I said, "No, it's a good movie." And he spent the whole time texting his girlfriend. Oh my god! Like, going, oh god, you, you you're the reason I hate cinema. <laughs> horny teen dad <laughs> that's basically what it was like I know he hates the Simpsons but I said no no this is actually pretty good it's, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty clever what are you doing I don't know what are you doing <laughs> you tell me what my you're damn, doing my damn stupid kid dragged me to the Simpsons <laughs> my damn wiener kids <laughs> sorry we're not wieners <laughs> um, yeah. alright so that was good uh, other than that I have been playing um, some Mario Kart Double Dash I just wanted to say that just for the listeners benefit I giggled because you've written Mario Kart on this piece of paper, but yep. you did the K a bit badly, and it looks like you wrote Mario Fart, <laughs> and 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 that made me that made me giggle. A you little know, bit. basically. So welcome to my style of handwriting. Yeah, my handwriting is abysmal, and it has always been abysmal. Mm, mm. I can I can write in like uh, like Japanese and English, and like katakana, hiragana, and a bit of kanji, mm. and it's always abysmal. No matter what <laughs> language I'm writing in, my handwriting is atrocious. Uh, funny, uh, but basically. I got some. I was. I really wanted to have a good-looking experience with Mario Kart because the component, which is RGB mm. uh, component cables for Game Cubes, are incredibly expensive. We're talking over two hundred dollars. What? Because the component chip is in the cable. Oh. And so they're basically only they sold so few of them back in the day because uh, people didn't understand what they were. So there's a shortage. In the there's market. a shortage, and of course, um, people don't generically make them because it's got proprietary yeah. software and hardware. There's no third in the party. Cable. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. So the 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 demand for them would drive hmm. the price up. But I yeah. found a workaround. Okay, What's which that? was. Uh, all the first generation Wii's have uh, backwards compatibi- compatibility. Did you say with- Wii or GameCube? Wii. Wii. So okay. Wii's have backwards uh, compatibility with with the GameCube. Ah, uh, of course. Yes. Uh, yes. And and you can get cables, uh, RGB uh, component cables, mm-hmm. quite cheaply from like China for like three bucks a pop. Nice. So, like that. so I just ordered one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it arrived the other day. Mm-hmm. And so I connected it up to my HD TV, mm. and uh, yeah, so it's a good workaround. And played Mario Kart Double Dash in really good quality. Like nice. it's not perfect quality, but it looks so good. Yeah, yeah. On component cable, right. it looks so good. And I, I just thought I'm gonna, I'm just gonna play this. Mm. I'm just going to play a couple of races, and then all of a sudden it was midnight on school <laughs> night, and I was trying to be, uh, you know, 150cc. But that's good fun. You know, it this is a, good fun. I love a, that game. It's my yeah. favorite Mario Kart game. I love that feeling. I mean, it's it's never good the next day. No, but it is a fun thing as a gamer. It's one of mm. a, it's one of. I think all gamers can relate to this. That feeling of like. Oh my god, it's one in the morning. Because you've just spent like seven hours playing a game. And like, you know, you regret it. But at the same time, you're like, damn, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know I have all of these games which I should be playing. But sometimes the classics, you just feel like playing one of your favorite games. And, yeah. And Mario Kart Double Dash 
whilst not in my top five, would probably be in my top ten. It's my favorite Mario Kart game. I have mm. a lot of fond memories of playing it with my friends. Yeah. And this, the tracks are so interesting in that game. Yeah, it is probably one of the most, uh, like, they took the Mario Kart format pretty far. Yeah, in that. they blew it out. Yeah. I mean, I I played that game with you. You introduced me to this game, and I can totally see why you love it. It is it is very much like it's like the thinking man's Mario Kart in yeah. a lot of ways. You know, like there's a lot of strategy there. There is of, yeah. the tracks are interesting. Like there there are still hidden parts of the track which I've never been able to get to just because my driving's so terrible. Mm. Uh, I have completed the game several times over or twice over at, at the very least uh but yeah this time like i was trying to do 150 cc and i only came third and i was like i'm out of practice i've got to get back into this yeah because it's a very dangerous path to go down because it's quite skills up yeah it's like when you play a fighting game and you decide i'm gonna mm. get good at this and then you know like three weeks later you, you only just managed to like increase your skill a little bit <laughs> like there's a lot of work involved in the sort of getting good at a game like that yeah and um, you know what? Plugging the Wii in after all this time just to play a GameCube game sounds mm. funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are some good Wii games, of yeah. course. And mm. I'm sure they look good over component cable as well. But, mm. you know, once again, you can stick those in your Wii U and play them. Yeah. But what is bugging me is that I left the Wii plugged in overnight and I'd totally forgotten about this. But that thing flashes like a motherfucker. <laughs> like, there's, it's got this bright blue right. LED in the disc case, like mm. in the disc slot that kind of flashes or pulses on and off. Right. And I came out going, what the fuck is that blue light doing? Mm, and mm. It's like, oh, that's right. The Wii does stupid shit like that. So I just unplugged it at the wall. Because, ah, like, right. I mean, it doesn't take up much power, but over a certain amount of time, mm. having a freaky glowing blue thing sitting on, <laughs> you know, just like... Like a disco in your living room. Yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of the Wii services are still there. Like, I still think they have Wii weather and, and like, the eShop and stuff. I think <laughs> it's still active. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Don't let the Wii die, Nintendo. No. Nah. I mean, well, it, it already is dead, but don't bury it. So, let it, yeah. Let it rot in the sun. Yeah, it, it needs to rot. <laughs> but the, I think that, that console was, was an important step for Nintendo because... Mm. It did something that would <clears throat> prove to be what Nintendo does from here on out, which yeah. is do funky, weird things. Actually, pro- that was probably the DS before that. But well, they've always had this sort of this like gimmicky component, but I think the Wii was like the first time they really doubled down on it, and they yeah. were like, I mean, the DS was certainly you know before it was like peripherals and stuff, yeah. and the DS was yeah, the DS was innovative definitely. Um, but it kind of was, one screen, two screens. Well, it's kind of like they were like Game and Watch were fun, weren't they? And they yeah. said, you know, like let's kinda, expand on that. Um, but uh, no, I have a lot of love for Nintendo. I like, I like that they're different, and I wouldn't want them. To, I wouldn't, as much as I say, like I wish they had more third-party games and stuff. I kind of would be disappointed if if they were just doing what what Microsoft and Sony are doing. I, I think they need to differentiate because it's part of what people expect from Nintendo yeah. is to be a little different, a little quirky, a little you know uh, more fun and 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 carefree and all that sort of stuff. So and and the the, the Switch seems <clears throat> to be doing well. Yeah, well, we're talking about the Switch a bit, I suppose. I mean, we neither of us own one yet. No, my funny story with that is that uh, sorry, I'm dominating this conversation. No, no <laughs> dominate away. I've done very little the last couple of weeks, so I've, I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like I'm, I'm enjoying. It's therapeutic for me to talk at the moment because I'm mostly at home by myself. So sure. Uh, Last weekend, uh, when the Switch was launched, I did not go out looking for a Switch because I can't afford a Switch. And I might be going back to Japan at any moment as well. So, don't have a lot of disposable income. And those things are expensive in Australia. Yeah, so. in Australia, they're so expensive. If mm. I, I would recommend importing one because importing it would probably be cheaper. Yeah, and they are, they are region-free. So, mm. you know, ring it in. You know, if I do go back to Japan, I might consider buying a Japanese one and then bringing it back here. And sure. just buying a new um, AC adapter or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
uh, if it's not compatible. Um, but uh, I, I went out because I heard good things about Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm. And it turns out all of those good words and good things were justified because mm. it's just, it's getting 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10. Yeah. All across the board. Yeah. It seems to be very well received. Yeah. And, so. and I've been watching it and it looks good and it might be the perfect game for me right now. Like with this kind of time, it might be an immersive world that can take me away. Well, you might need a bit of escapism right now. And, yeah. And the game that absorbs your attention and is part of a franchise that you really love mm. would seem to be like the perfect combination. Um, so I don't have a Switch, but it did come out on Wii U. Yeah. And from what I've heard... Although it doesn't run particularly well on the Wii U, it doesn't run particularly well on the Switch <laughs> no. either. So I mean, there's a lot of. Fr- I don't mind like skipping frames or a bit of slowdown. I'm a retro gamer. I mean, come on. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, doesn't bother me. Slowdown is part of the fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes uh, it can be quite beneficial. Yeah, like, that's right. If you're playing something like Gradius. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, I went out looking for a copy of of uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild for Wii U, mm-hmm. and. You know, I'm guessing that Nintendo is probably only, only going to make one batch of this because it's like, oh, we promised to put it out on the Wii U. We'll give we'll give it to you, but this is this is it because mm. we want people to buy the Switch. Mm. Mm. And so a lot of Wii U will have already owners will have already bought it by now. So I went to a couple of places and they had sold out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Target in uh, good old Tuggers, uh-huh. Tuggeranong, and they actually had a whole stack of them there, mm. like you know, five or six copies. Mm. And I looked at it and it looked at me, and I remember all the great reviews, and it was seventy nine dollars. And I didn't buy it. You talked yourself out of I, it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, this is. I went out looking for this thing. I went to the other side of town looking for it. And I was just looking at it going, I just can't justify this. Yeah, right that's now. fair enough. You probably did the right thing. I think so. you got so many games. I do. I do have so <laughs> many games. Um, um, yeah. So, I actually... Then I, I got petrol. I almost ran out of petrol. That's funny, actually. <laughs> I, when I got to Costco, which was on the way home to get petrol, like I actually had to turn off the car while I was waiting in line because I thought, wow. I am that low on petrol right now that I don't really particularly feel like pushing my my SUV up to the pumps because SUVs are quite big and heavy. Yeah. Even yeah. on wheels. Yeah. That's, um, they're known for it. Um, so, they have a big W out there. Yeah. And so I went in there looking again and I, I went, okay, I see. This is it. If they have one here and they were sold out most of big W's and it's cheaper than $79, mm-hmm. I might actually buy one. Okay. I went into big W. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find it. And then, oh, hang on. What's that on the shelf? Oh, someone, I think, tried to hide it in a different <laughs> section so they could come back and get it later. Brilliant. I saw it. I found it. And I went, I'm going to, under the one of the product scanners things to find out how much it is because it didn't yeah. have a price on it. Yeah. It came out too. $75, so oh, $4 cheaper. Right. I just went, I said I'd buy it if it was less than 79 but mm. it was hard walking out of that store, Rob. It yeah. was hard, but I didn't buy it. Well, I think I'm proud of you because, you know, in, we live in a consumer culture and everyone's impulse buying stuff all the yeah. time. And you have literally a room full of games. I literally do. I, I um. probably don't need it. I, I'll probably regret that decision later on because <laughs> people are talking about it and it looks fun. It looks so fun. Yeah, there is something to be said for being in the zeitgeist and playing a game that everyone's talking about. I mean, that, yeah. that, that is fun, but the theme of that is very fleeting. And before you know it, they're on to the next thing. And, um, you know, uh, so, you know, I think I think you should buy games based on your own internal logic, not not based on sort of the influences of the, of the culture. So um. yeah, that that's true as well. So I don't know. I was look. I was very tempted to buy 
to buy it, but I, I staved on this particular occasion well, and just went, I just don't. I've been doing that for months. <laughs> <laughs> months and months. It feels like over a year I've been just putting off, I've been like talking myself out of buying games. So It's just funny because um, there's not a lot on the Wii U. I'm happy with my Wii U system and I love it, but yeah. like getting that one last great game, the swan song for the system effectively. Mm, mm. I feel like like I, if I bought it, I would play it and I would love it. But mm. on the other hand, you know, if you're happy, maybe this time I'll just I'll maybe I'll if it if it comes up cheaper secondhand, maybe I'll get it then. Yeah, but I will say that if you do end up getting a Switch, that would probably be like the number one game you'd want. Yeah, so, at the moment, there's not a lot out else that you'd really want to play. So it might it might be good to put it off because you're still not sure if you're going to pick up a Switch. Mm. So um, you know, maybe just sit on, sit on it for a little bit and just uh, sit on it, hey. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very uh, up to date impression there. That's right. Of, yeah, yeah. Of the fonts. I'm, I'm nothing if not current. <laughs> uh, so you know that, that that's cool. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you sort of. Yeah, you know, just a little anecdote of like going out specifically looking for something, finding yeah. it. I think it was the thrill of the chase more than anything. I was like, oh, ah, yeah. I found it. Uh, I'm not going to buy it. Oh, I found it again. Eh, cheaper. I'm still not going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you might have something there about thrill, thrill of the chase. Um, but uh, yeah, well, look, you know, we've been talking a while about that, but I don't, I don't have much to add really. Um, I, know, I know you haven't been you've been busy with your own life stuff yeah there's some the stuff moment, that I'm not really prepared to talk about yet mm. but um, I have been busy but I haven't been playing many many games and there's nothing else going on in my life that I feel is particularly noteworthy so um, I'm sorry I'm going to have to leave everyone hanging and, and, and be mysterious and, All right. and stuff I'll uh, ask you one question. So yeah. after last podcast, we went through a stack of uh, Famicom games. Yes, we did. I got delivered. Uh, did any any of those Famicom games uh, stick out to you in particular? Uh, look, you know, I'm trying to cast my mind back to 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 uh, a couple of weeks ago now, but um, no, no, really. <laughs> I'm sure I can't. I can't remember specifically. There was a couple of. I remember there. Some of them were quite good. Yeah, there was about um, a stack of twenty games. We didn't play a lot. I think you enjoyed Dragon Spirits, the vertical shooter where you're a dragon. Yeah, no, that was actually no. You're right. I enjoyed that. I thought that was quite fun actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm in a bit of a shootery mood recently. Yeah, for some reason they're good because like they require a lot of in- attention and concentration, but they're not particularly deep. No. Yeah, so I've been thinking, you know, and we, and I think that same night I played a bit of 1943 um, um, on your on your main cabinet. Yeah, I think it was that night. It was around that time. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Um, and uh, and that was good fun too. It's a good game. Uh, it's a bit weird, but it's a good game. Yeah, I've been thinking of going back to more sort of old school games. So, or you know, old school inspired games. So um, I installed um, Super Meat Boy on oh. Steam because I've, 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 I've bought that game a long time ago and never really played it much um, and I, yeah I know it's like a famously very difficult yeah, game yeah, yeah. But, but like to be honest with you I don't think it's I don't think it's like like the challenge of it isn't what I'm into I just felt like playing a good platformer I mean, it, it is like you know, universally. It's solid. It it's universally a solid considered a, yeah. a good platformer. So as hard as it is. Um, yeah. So I installed that, and I've installed um, Total War or Empire Total War, another Total War game, which is set in the um, sep- sorry, the 18th century. Um, okay. Which will be fun because it's and the the map in the game is very huge. It's sort of the Age of Empires, like you know the the British Empire and um, uh, you know pre-revolutionary France and all that sort of stuff. So. Redcoats and um, oh, nice. Indians, and uh, you know, and the the world does have like a Indian subcontinent map. Oh yeah, and an America's map and Europe, and you can play a game across all three. So it's the probably the largest um, and the most sort of like 
uh, what's, what's ambitious mm. um, Total War game. I never played it, so I'm, I'm curious to check that out at some point. Um, but yeah, not not a lot of gaming happening right now for me, so I don't really have well, much. It's okay, you know. Sometimes, report. so if if you rated your game life, let's steal the. Um, It'll be very much life ten game zero for this for this um this particular Fortnite. I think I'm not particularly satisfied with my life or my games. Well, you know, you're zero out of maybe yeah <laughs> zero for both. But well, I mean, yeah. I have been I have been getting some good games in, but uh, just you know, even my 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 enjoyment of those has been skewed somewhat by reality. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Well, there's, I, there's only so much escapism you can get before your brain takes over. Yeah, and I think I've had too much escapism recently. So, but uh, look, I am thinking I'm thinking of. And this is probably going to be a commitment now that I'll have to stick with. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen uh, that you can buy a physical copy of Fallout 4 uh-huh. uh, for PC for very cheap. Um, and, it, and, the, and the version on Steam is very expensive. Okay. Um, and I was doing the mental math. I was like, well, you know, if, if, if I can find a copy, like, kicking around in the department store somewhere, that you can pick it up for, like, a quarter of the price that you can pick... <laughs> But it's one of those rare cases where Steam is actually expensive, more expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, do it. So I may go out hunting, at like just like you did, yeah. on the weekend um, for a copy of, of Fallout 4 uh, for PC. So if I do pick that up, um, I will definitely take a deep dive into that. Bethesda games are my are one of my weaknesses. Uh, basically, Bethesda games and Total War games are kind of like my two sort of like, you know, uh, like the sort of designer drugs, that, you know, that, that get me hooked really badly. So I, I um, reckon that you have a Total War tattoo somewhere on your body. <laughs> I just know it. The I question know. is where? Yeah, that's the, that's what I don't want to know. That's the delightful question, <laughs> um, which you can answer after the podcast. Uh, but why don't we wrap this up? Because we have we have we're at a decent length of the show. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, back back to our, our usual form. I have I have a quiz for you, and it's a quiz that is new. It's a new quiz. I have never quizzed you with this quiz before. Okay, and a I'm new hoping quiz I like. I'm hoping it will become a new staple for the show. So, and we've also got some uh, some good news from the Americans. AC, I have been busy. I've been a busy beaver. Yep, a busy boy. A busy boy beavering away at home. Uh, Siri just turned on and started started googling "busy beaver boy." <laughs> I just wanted to mention that because it's it's very funny. Um, I should have seen what came up. With no, that, you probably really didn't. Want yeah, to see no. busybeaverboy.com. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have to check that out. Um, safe search on. Um, so, ACI prepared a quiz for you that is new. Okay. Um, and this is something that I've mentioned to you a little while back. Yeah. I've actually gone ahead and done it. You've 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 committed I've, to the idea. Gosh darn it! I've, I've done something unusual by by actually putting some effort into coming up with a new quiz for once. By following through on an idea. No more <laughs> Simpsons or SimCity. This is a new. I like that quiz. I like that one too. But this is a new one. Okay. So what's the, what's the idea? It's basically, this quiz is called. I love the name for this quiz. Mm-hmm. Laying down the law. Okay. Okay. So okay. this quiz. You have and I have law spelt L O R E, right? So you get what it. What a delicious part! I know it is. I think it's delightful. Uh, you know, I'm so I'm such a witty, witty man. Um, so I see in this quiz, I will be asking you a question about video game law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's about uh, the backstory of a particular character, or just the story of a, of a game in general, or some little detail about a, a character in a game, or something like that. And um, if you know the answer to uh, to that, if you if you are able to elaborate and explain to me the law, yep. you will get a point. Okay, first question. Uh, so, question number one. AC, who is Alex Kidd's father? 
Uh, Alex Kidd's father is the king of Redaxiad. That's close, but I was really after a, like he does have name. He does have a name. Yeah, I will call him Alex Kidd Senior. <laughs> <laughs> well, no points for you. No points for me. I, I get the feeling I'm going to be doing very well. What's his, his name? He has a few names. So, uh, King Thunder. Really? A.K.A. King Sander Redaxian. A.K.A. King Thor. He's variously referred to as King Thor or King Thunder. Um, I think I think different translations I translated see. it differently. Yeah, okay. But I think his actual real name is Sander. Sander. Okay. No, yeah. All right. No, I didn't know that. There you go. Okay. Uh, King Thunder. All right. Question number two, AC. What the heck is Toad? Uh, Toad is a species. Correct. Of uh, Mushroom Kingdom inhabitants. Yes. And there's not one Toad and they're all gender neutral. Yeah. So. How they breed. God knows how. Yes. Maybe, maybe a... Asexually, like, uh, I don't know, like, I like to think their that they cells grow- split off and there's two little ones? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They divide. I can't remember the, the scientific term for that when they divide and create It's two not new. mitosis. It's something like something that. else. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, points for you. Um, that That is all very right. He is a toad. He is one of the toads. Yeah. Um, and their name in Japanese is, um, I'm going to massacre this, AC. Yeah. Kinokozoku. Mushroom, yeah. mushroom people, yeah. basically. Um, and, he, and he is he's just mushroom. one of the toads. But, you know, his distinction is that he's a, a very loyal friend or, or um, employee mm. of Princess Peach. So, um, yeah, he, okay. he is a toad. <laughs> yep, that's what he is. Uh, all right, so that's very good. Question number three. Explain the rich backstory of Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bad. So a um, basically, the Dragon Ninja Clan mm-hmm. have kidnapped President Ronnie, <laughs> presumably Ronald Reagan, because this, this was in the eighties. Yeah, actually, a Japanese game first, I think, mm-hmm. and the plot is different in the Japanese game. I have that right. Famicom. Right, uh, and. The game asks if to do you with are bad enough dude to rescue the president. So he's yes. been kidnapped by ninjas. That's right. I think that's all the law there is. Or Pretty all the much. relevant law. I'll give you a point for that. Okay. I will just add one little detail, which is yep. not going to detract from your point. Okay. Um, which is that the game says that at the start that uh, there, are, <laughs> there are rampant ninja-related crimes these days. Isn't that the plot to <laughs> Ninja Turtles? Like the cartoon? Basically. And the White House is no exception. Like, there's so much ninja-related crime that it even happens in the friggin' White House. There's just that much. Can you imagine how much ninja crime that have to be for it to also happen in probably one of the most secure locations in America? Well, I mean, that's a um, challenge to the ninjas, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's right. They that ninjas, they just see that as a challenge. You're right. That's a good point. They, uh, yes, they love, they love kidnapping Ronnie. <laughs> President Ronnie. Um, yeah, sorry. Okay. I, I, love, I love that. I love the plot of that game so much. I couldn't resist. It's, it's, it, yeah, mm. it's a thin plot device, but it, it's fun. It's very it's funny. Fun. It's very, very funny. The games are not actually that great, though. No. It's not that great. No, the plot of the game we is much... We played that the other day. Yes, we did. The plot of the game is much, much better than the act. Imagining the plot of that game is the best thing about that game. Yeah. Um, Playing the game is not that fun. Okay, next question. Question four. Uh, explain the background of the Middle Eastern conflict that is depicted in the Mega Drive classic... Desert Strike. Okay. What is the, what is going on in the Middle East in the Mega Drive classic Desert Strike? What Desert is happening? Why why are you there in the Middle East blowing things up? Okay. So, uh oh god. I, the, what's his name? Uh 
This is part. This is. I, if I told you that, then it wouldn't be a quiz. No, I know. I know. I know the guys. I, Do you, uh, Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein has gone apeshit bananas <laughs> and decided that uh, Iraq isn't big enough. Needs to expand its whole borderly orders. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's he's done a lot of bad things, and yep. then you need to go and rescue people as well as drop bombs on other people. Yep. Uh, possibly indiscriminately. <laughs> Bomb, bomb some, rescue others. Yeah, I'm not uh, even sure if there is any, any rescuing in this game. It might just be bombing, but I think there might be rescuing. Look, I might give you a partial point for that. <laughs> I'll give you half a point. Is it? Is it? Is you it didn't get, You didn't give me the details I was after. But, okay, but you did get. I, it, I'm, I'm going to say you that's did. A point you to did you. get it correct to the extent that the game is heavily inspired by the events of the first Gulf War. Yeah, um, I'll say I didn't get that one. So the. <laughs> I put this game in because I remember distinctly laughing at this when I was a kid. Even as a kid, I thought this was funny. Um, they describe the bad guy in both the the, the booklet and the game itself yeah. as a psycho madman. That's pretty <laughs> um, accurate. Like, literally those words. Psycho madman named General Kilbaba. <laughs> General- this, is, this is back when general racism was more of a thing. <laughs> it was, this is a pretty racist game. Um, he installs himself as a dictator. In an unnamed country in the Persian Gulf. Okay. It's pretty clear what country we're yeah, talking about. Operation Desert Storm. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I have... Rob, do I have that game? I'm not sure if I have that game. It, it sounds like it the kind a, of game I would have in my collection somewhere. It's actually a really much. cool game. It's actually a really, I remember really cool liking game. it back in the 90s when I played it. It's one of those rare ga- um, games from that time that were actually very open-ended and allowed you to, to take on missions in whatever order you wanted. Oh, okay. It has an oh. open-world kind of thing. Mm. So uh, I really like that game. Um, okay. Yes, Kill- General Kilbaba is up to no good. Kilbaba. And they sent a lone Apache helicopter to, 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 take, to take him out. Did you finish it? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good game. Do you, do you get to see uh, General... You kill him. Kill Baba? I think you kill him in the end because I remember he's he hops in this plane full of nuclear bombs, ah. and he's going to take off and like bomb the shit out of somewhere or other. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and you blow up his plane on the runway as it's taking off. Okay, um, that's like the last level in the spoilers for Descent Strike. Um, All right, next question. Question number five. <laughs> uh, AC. Yeah. Why is why is Luigi in that dumb mansion to begin with? Uh, oh god. Um. So Luigi was in that mansion because Mario is missing, which is actually the name of another game. Uh, he's been kidnapped by ghosts and is trapped inside a mirror. Uh, Effectively, he needs to go in there and mm-hmm. he needs to bust him out. He needs to bust some uh, supernatural undead uh, copyright mm-hmm. ghosts. Ooh, uh-huh. have said that. Uh, to get his brother out of the mirror, but Luigi is a. Sk- this is kind of where they establish that Luigi is the Freddy cat of the series. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of he's kind of an idiot. He's kind yeah. of like a. I don't like Luigi. I because Andrew mm. AC Yoshimura is not player two. Mm. He's player one. That's why I hate <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> Always be player one. Right? Do I get a point for that? Uh, I'll, I'm going to give you a half point again oh, because because you got it. Yes, you you are right that that it, it is revealed that Mario is in dire peril. Didn't he inherit the house or something? But see, the, the, this is what I was after: was why why does he even go to that mansion to begin with? And the answer is, out of the blue, one day, yeah, Luigi is told that he's won a mansion in a contest. Despite not remembering having ever entered any competitions to win a mansion, Luigi thinks, sick, I want a mansion. And he just turns up um, to, claim his, to claim his prize. He calls Mario and he's like, Mario, I want this mansion. Let's go, let's go like, check out the mansion. He turns up to the mansion and Mario's not there. 
where's Mario? You know, okay. And, and Luigi's like, well, that's a bit weird. And this and this mansion looks very different to the picture that I was sent. It looks a lot more spooky. Okay. <laughs> and can't but, quite put my finger on it, but there are a lot of supernatural activities yeah. going on here. Okay, but, so, you know, being the smart guy that he is, he decides I've got all I've got is a flashlight. Let's go in and check it out. So, like, the, the, that game is not a bad game, but yeah. Luigi is a bad character in that game. Yeah. It's kind of what put me off. I think it's just that they turned so, Luigi into, like, this... Just, like, he looks like Mario, but he's a bit taller. Right, so who into, gets the point there, dude? Uh, look, I'll give you half a point, and I'll give me half a point. Uh, okay. Because I was really after the details of why he actually turns okay, up at the mansion. All right, all right. Um, Next question. Question number six. <laughs> uh, you'll love this one. AC, explain... The rich backstory, I keep using that phrase, of the NES classic McKids. Oh, um... You don't... Look, it's not that hard, but I'll give you a, you know... <laughs> what, what, what All right, you... uh, so the... <laughs> so two kids are camping outside in the backyard. Yep. Um, Ronald McArsebag comes up to them and says, I've lost my magic bag of tricks because... Yep. Uh, yep, which I think is like it's a it's a metaphor for his scrotum, perhaps. Uh, but it's oh, been it's stolen cool. by the Hamburglar, who yep. was then double crossed by some Moon Man, who mm-hmm. then took the magic bag of tricks to the moon. Mm-hmm. You need to get back Ronald's scrotum. Sorry, bag of magic. Yes. yes, my answer. The answer I wrote down in this in this in this notes field in my in my phone was. Something about Ronald's bag. <laughs> you got that, so points for you. Okay, I'll, I'll, yep. I'll take that. Yeah, and if you mentioned the magic bag at all, you would have got a point, and you did. So, <laughs> so good, good, well done. All right, question number seven. Okay. Now, this is might be stretching you a bit. Tell me the origin story of how renowned explorer and Indiana Jones wannabe Nathan Drake first met his older male platonic friend and traveling companion Sully. Gay bar. <laughs> One. That's your <laughs> that's your two word answer. Yep. Too well. I'm afraid no points for you. Yeah, come on. Uh, because what happened was, as revealed in Uncharted Three, uh-huh. a 14 year old Nathan Drake uh-huh. is exploring a museum in Colombia in search of uh, Sir Francis Drake's ring, and he sees a younger Sully, unknown to him at this point, who is working with a baddie to steal the ring himself. Uh, and Sally thinks that he has Moxie or something and t- takes him on as an apprentice, basically. Or a uh, protege, or whatever you want to call okay, it. Okay, yeah, protege. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically Captain Haddock and Tintin, really. When you yeah, think about. yeah, yeah. Um, that game, those games, just you basically, it's it's a lot of rip-offs. Yeah. But it's, it's a very well-done rip-off. It, it is. Uh, yeah. It takes a lot of inspiration, heavily inspired by other places. And, you yeah. know, but um, gay bar sounds better. Yeah. I just wish they meant in a gay bar. <laughs> But, you know, totally platonically. No, no, no. They, they, they share a tent platonically. They're just good friends. They're good friends. Um, with benefits. Yes, with a huge age gap. <laughs> oh, yeah, 14 years old. Yeah, yeah okay, gay bar, maybe not the yeah. best thing. Okay, uh, uh, yeah. next next one. We're, we're okay. at uh, Question number three eight. and a half. Three yeah. and a half each. Yeah, yeah we're, we're close. Neck and neck. All right, AC. Yep. <laughs> Describe the plot of Dark Souls to me. Just tell me what Dark Souls is about. Okay, Dark Souls is... Uh, you're dead. Yep. And then you come back to life, mm-hmm. but not really life. And yeah. you need to collect souls. Yeah. And you do that by killing a lot of monsters. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, in this game, unlike other games, mm-hmm. monsters do not like being killed. <laughs> That's right. They have an aversion to being killed. <laughs> yeah. So they fight back a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so true. basically, you're dead uh, and you come back. Mm-hmm. And you need to collect souls, yep. souls of other ones, and you can get those souls taken away. Yep, and that sucks. <laughs> and enemies are hard, and bosses are even tougher. <laughs> well, look, I'll give you points for that. 
because the answer I had written down was fuck knows. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I actually knew the plot to that. That's so weird. Well, you, you didn't quite get there, but I no, just, no, no, I, I knew enough. I don't think anyone has ever really gotten there. Mm. But uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, all our Dark Souls fans are tearing their hair out right now. Yeah, probably. And that's what I like to do: is troll people. So but, you know, let's let's face it. Like Dark Souls fans don't have hair; they're all bald. <laughs> they're all completely bald, yeah, and they're all wearing baseball caps. Yeah callbacks backwards question number nine ac yep uh tell me the the origin story of renowned street fighter 2 character blanca okay blanca is a brazilian mm-hmm. possibly has a brazilian <laughs> but only because he's very everywhere else except that era uh, <laughs> he was orphaned and abandoned uh and then went to live in the jungle mm-hmm. and then uh basically became like a hired help for villagers around right that's that's actually pretty close uh but what i've read is that there were a plane crash was involved that he oh, okay i didn't know that, that uh yeah he he there was a, a a plane crash led to him being mutated in some way right? oh, okay uh but yeah the the rest of it you all got right so um i will give you i'll give you a point for that okay yeah you point for that he is from brazil uh, he is a mutant, and he, and he is he is um, helpful um, for the pe- the locals, the, the villagers, but they're still afraid of him. Yeah. I think at the end he finds his mum. Yeah, at the end of the first Street Fighter Two game, mm-hmm. I think like the his like his ending is that he might be reun- reunited with his mum. I think. Hmm. Okay. Well done. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, question number ten. Okay. A very intriguing question. Yeah. Is Kid Icarus an angel or is he an Icarus or something? What is an Icarus? And basically, what's the deal with Kid Icarus, AZ? <laughs> it sounds like you're asking me this because you genuinely want to know the answer rather than you looked it up prior. Um, oh, look, what's the deal with Kid Icarus, AZ? Is he an angel or what is he? What is all I want? All I want to know. I don't want you to tell me the whole plot of this game. Is he an angel? I just want to tell you, an is he an angel or no, is he a guy with wings strapped to his back? Yeah, no, something? he's not an angel. He's a guy uh, who uh, he's not an angel. He is a I th- he's a guy with wings strapped to his back. I think is pretty much how I understand it from the Japanese version, mm. uh, which is not even. It's called Patel, I think, like Pateru, not not even Icarus. Ah, okay, uh, and. He doesn't like eggplants, mostly because he gets turned into eggplants a lot. Right, okay. I have here that, that, that the game is set in Angel Land and that he is, in fact, an angel. So, really? Okay. So I'm going to actually yeah, subtract yeah, the point. Yeah, no, no, um, that's your point. You, you take that point. Which is weird, because then it makes me think, why do they even call it Kid Icarus? Because whatever the hell the, the Japanese version translates into, and that's a Famicom Disk System game, by the way, mm. savable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's bloody hard. It's a bloody hard game, that game. There is a lot of sort of g- ancient Greek imagery in the there game. There is. So that might explain it. That's it- why I thought he wasn't an angel, maybe. Yeah. Like, but maybe he was he was like a demigod. I don't know. It depends what you call an angel. But I just like the idea that he was an Icarus. As if Icaruses are like... As if there is like more than one Icarus. <laughs> as if there's like a sort of a species or class of, yeah. of Icari or something like that. Icari. That could, um, that, that's like... That's the next sequel to the game. Because that, that amused me. But no, in fact, he's just an angel, which is a bit lame. Okay. But, uh, there you go. So uh, the total scores, AC. Read them out. Uh, five and a half to me. Four and a half to you. Ooh, very close. Very, very close. Very close. I think I scraped over the line on that one yeah, uh, but did. I like that that was that was fun yeah cool well I'll do that more not, maybe not every week but certainly I'll no 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 we, I think um, that may come back in a future episode so. I think what you should do is just give me a whole bunch of curveballs and I'll just like 
just tell you some bullshit answer, whatever <laughs> comes into my brain. Yeah. Okay, before we sign off, mm-hmm. um, we have some big, big news from the United States of America. That's right. Kana. Our American correspondents. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cody from our American office mm-hmm. has got engaged. He proposed and... His girlfriend, now fiance, and now future wife said yes. Yeah, so well done. Well Congratulations, done. Cody. Yes, and he did it publicly with a grand gesture, which is, uh, you know, it's a hard thing to do. So uh, props to you for doing that because that can backfire in a big way. If yeah. You're not, you know, so that's very bold it's, it's of you. Pretty, and, uh, so what he did was he uh, he went to his local uh, theatre, which plays a lot of cult movies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and got the, the staff there to change the marquee to Happy Birthday, Casey, mm-hmm. which is his, uh, obviously his his partner's name mm-hmm. and then on the right side of the marquee will you marry me and yeah. uh, she was she was surprised he he had to like have some convoluted excuses to go there and then go out next door and then come out when it was done yeah and yeah. was was terrified that other people called Casey might accidentally wonder and it may be in their birthday and they may have freaked out another partner, but yeah. I don't think that happened. But yeah. it was pretty cool. So, well done. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very happy for Cody. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, as married people, I think you'll agree, AC, that we have this, like, in, the internal sort of tendency to want everyone else to be married as well. Um, so I, I will say this. I will say that marriage is not for everyone. No, that's true. And I think you need to be very careful um, before. But if you're sure, then totally go for it. Yeah. But yeah, there's this whole society thing where you got to get married. Because I, mm. like as a 25-year-old, mm. would not have made a good husband. Yeah. But as a 30-year-old, I made a much better husband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think I am a good husband yet. But, um, you know, be that as it may, I, I do love my wife a lot. And I think that's what matters is if, you, if, if you're, yeah. you're in love, you feel that, that, that deep commitment and that, and that... If you think to yourself, I can't imagine being with anyone else then that's probably a good sign that you might want to pop the question. So. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that's awesome. Um, I'm really happy for, for Cody. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, I just wish them both all the best. And uh, congratulations once more for me. So I, um, I did, of course, tweet him and say, hey, Cody, I'm totally going to crash your wedding. Because <laughs> give me your address and I'll send you an invite. And I was kind of going, well, that takes the fun out of it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I would really love to go to Chicago or wherever they get married and, 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 and you know, meet everyone there for the first time. Because that would be a good excuse because I'd get to... Because we've never met them. No. We've talked to them a lot. Yeah. And we've done episodes with them. Yes. And we've done our best to defame them on the internet <laughs> as well. We've done a pretty bloody good job of that. Yeah. But, um, you know, we haven't... Because they live in America, we live over here. Mm. We haven't actually been able to actually talk and meet face to face. And this would be a great excuse. I'm sure we wouldn't be able to get a lot of time with them uh, to actually meet both of them because they'd both be in the same place at the same at the same time. Because yeah. presumably Uncle Stabo would be invited. Yeah, we can perhaps I presume. Perhaps meet also some of the um you know, like how do you call it? The, the, the support, colourful the, characters? The support the supporting cast of Game Life Balance US, such as Russian John and <laughs> the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it'd be great. I yeah. honestly don't think I'd be able to swing it with everything that's going on. And they said that they're um, they're probably going to get married pretty, you know, pretty soon. They don't want a long engagement, so it might even be the, like later this year. Cool. Uh, so you know, with with the way my schedule and finances work, it's unlikely. But if I could swing it, man, I'd love to. I'd I'd, I'd love to be able to get there. 
Do you have any advice for uh, for Cody as a as a uh, married man yourself about the wedding itself? Like, do you have any wet pro tips for uh, for the pro tips? Pro tips. Uh, pro well, tips for the wedding, not for not for the married life, because okay. God knows we're bad at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. So for for the actual wedding itself, um, yeah. I got married in a castle. Right. Actually, uh, would you recommend castle weddings? Look, I had a good time. <laughs> I got pretty drunk, and you didn't but, pay for it either. No, so there that's is that. the thing. Like I said, I'm happy just to sign the piece of paper. And Maria's parents went, "No, it's going to be massive. It's going to be in a castle." Yeah. I said, "They went, okay, mm. I'll just go." And and they organised most of it. And I just went, "Okay, most of it." But I said, "You know what? I really think I should do one thing." Mm-hmm. So Cody, I'm going to give you some advice. Choose and design the cake yourself <laughs> okay just be let let them do whatever they want but your little touch of class yeah this is this is not really actually class <laughs> is just do do whatever you want to the cake i recommend a five-year-old's birthday cake obviously is usually much more magnificent yeah than a wedding cake yeah okay so you like a little cat with a, like licorice whiskers or something like that yeah yeah or, or like a race car track yeah pep- like a big wedding yeah pepper pig <laughs> So my my cake, which I was I was the only thing I was in charge of that yeah, wedding was yeah. was um was my was the wedding cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Back to the Future wedding cake. Right. I actually had a big cake that said Back to the Future and a little toy DeLorean. Yeah. With like icing of fire trails behind. <laughs> Brilliant. And so yeah, so, so yeah, I think in charge I- of the cake. Cody's cake, um, I'm going to imagine, is uh, it's basically Guns N' Roses themed. But there's also just this really non sequitur, like just like pictures of um, Final Fantasy 14 characters and stuff on it. And um, basically just really garish and awful. You know, what, um, what I do, I just, if I was there at the wedding, I'd just throw those cakes in the bin out the back. And mm. I would just like make a big Final Fantasy 15 cake. Uh, I, go, I heard this is what you like, Cody. I heard you like Final Fantasy, so I made 15, you this cake. You love 15, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's like, it's going to be a car. It's the latest one, so you must guys love it. in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, your favorite boy band. Back again. <laughs> they um, are a boy band. They, they really are. Yeah, sing uh, about just as well as well. Yeah. So, the, well done, Cody. Uh, my advice to you would be to elope. There you go. Full stop. Uh, <laughs> Much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Elope and then have a have a you know yeah nerdy themed cake Please, like if, 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 if they had a um if they have a Cody Junior. Koju. Koju. <laughs> yes, it's got to be Cody Junior. Koju. The kids can call him Koju. Uh, Koju's yeah. a great name. Yeah. So yeah. If, if it's a boy or a girl. Cody Jr., if you have kids. Mm-hmm. That's probably a ways off in the future. Anyway, this has gone incredibly long. Yes, yeah, so we will wrap it up. Um, do you have a copy in front of you, AC? I do, and I shall read the copy with my glasses on. And, and in, in a humorous voice, he said with a sense of dread. <laughs> uh, okay, you've, you've enjoyed listening to the Game Life Balance Australia podcast. It is the uh, Australian edition of the Game Life Balance. You can check us out at the web at gamelifebalanceaustralia.com where you'll find links to our podcasts and video feeds and links to our sister show in the United States. I lost the accent for a second there. You went a little, little, little bit Arnie there. You just did. A little bit Arnie. But no, no, back to the South African. Yeah, I assume that's what you're trying to... I assume that's what you're going for. No, this is, this is Prince Philip. What are you talking about? You can, you can find us on Twitter. <laughs> Because I looked at you and you had this smile on your face, and yeah. then my, my accent desynced yeah. from my brain, basically. I make people sound uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what I do. I'm I'm at Prod Tally on social media. Rob is taking a bit of a break there at the moment. Yeah, but you can hit us up at GLB Australia. Yep. Uh, if you enjoy our show, rate us on iTunes. Just do it mm-hmm. before before I release the Kraken. 
<laughs> you know, the, just, the review Kraken. I was reading about Clash of the Titans the other day, so it's really funny that you mentioned that. You I just that like mentioning the Kraken. Yeah, well, who doesn't like releasing Krakens? Everyone, it's, it's, it's a very releasable sort of thing. <laughs> Often bi-weekly. All right, so thank you very much for listening. <laughs> what the this, hell? That's been Game Night Balance Australia. We held it together until the very end. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening, folks. Ra ra ra. Parrot. <laughs>